Okay, so that's the second distraction, the distraction of those people and their issues. I got a little ahead of myself, sorry. Chapter 9, verse 1, here's what it says. Next slide, too. When Jesus had called his 12 together, he gave them the power and authority to drive out demons, okay, heal diseases, heal the sick, preach about the gospel. Does it say in there he gave them power to fall, call down fire from heaven? No, it doesn't say that, but they're like, I think we can pull that one out. But Jesus rebukes them. We don't know exactly what he says. It just says he rebukes them. And it, notice that when it says James and John asked this question that I think I have a slide for this, Sue, I think this next one. Jesus turned and rebuked them. And I found that fascinating in light of verse 51. Because Jesus had resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem. And here, he actually has to stop, stop going the direction he's going. He's got to turn and, and address this distraction. And he rebukes them as a result. He's like, man, he's probably thinking, guys, I get it. There will be a time for judgment. It's not this one. I'll come again. That's going to be judgment at that time. This time it's about salvation. And so Luke just simply says they went on to another village. They just kept going, which they're keeping on going leads us to the third scene and the third distraction. The third distraction is this one, is the distraction of domestication. Jesus had been interacting with his own disciples, and now we see him interact with three would-be disciples, if you would. The first guy comes along. Matthew tells us in his version he was a scribe, and he says, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Now, you would maybe think that Jesus is like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But his response is this. He says, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's all we get. We have no idea what happened. We don't know if the guy followed him or not. This is what we have. Jesus really wanted to make sure this guy knew what he was getting into. Now, my guess is that each of us here have a place that's secure for us. It might be your home. It might actually not be your home. It might be someplace else. Your home maybe isn't safe. But there's a, there's a chance that we all have a place that we like to be that's a safe place. Jesus is saying even foxes have holes they can go into. Even birds of the air have nests that they can go to and find safety and security and comfort. He says, but Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his head. Why? I think it's because he's saying, look, if you're going to follow me, I'm going to be, have to be the safe place for you. Wherever I go, if you come with me, that's going to have to be your new safety, your new security. Right? We think about these the folks that were, inter were interviewed this morning. That's what, they, that's what they're living by. It's so inspiring and so encouraging. So that's the first guy. Second guy comes up and Jesus initiates conversation. He says, hey, follow me. Two words, follow me. And the guy says, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus' response is, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but when, when I read these words, doesn't that rub you a little bit the wrong way? Come on, right? You're, you're like, Jesus... Did they write this right? Like, did they hear this one right? Let the dead bury... You're talking about this guy's trying to bury his dad? And I want to try to like explain away the harshness here. I do. I was like, can we explain away the harshness here? And there's, there's a little bit of a way that we can maybe do it. Uh, although the next guy is pretty, pretty intense too. But scholars would believe that because of the, the, the way that, ha that things happen in the Jewish culture when people would die that typically this guy would not have been out and about if that were really the case. Like if his dad was on his deathbed and he's going to try to figure it out, that he wouldn't have been out having this conversation. Likely what was meant here is this guy saying, hey, my dad's still alive. i got to go back. It might be 10 years, 20 years. 
And then when he dies, I'll follow you. And the point is, Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, it's not like tomorrow. It's not a few years. It's like right now. Right now. Decision, decision being decisive and determined and actually doing it. And this, this passage really hit me as I was studying this week because personally, I've went through this twice. My own father passed away in November, and my father-in-law passed away in February. And I'm thinking about this, like, Jesus, are you for real about this? And, and, and I was thinking about it in terms of actually my dad. And my dad, the last week he was alive, I had a chance to spend a good portion of that week with him. And I remember him saying, he was laying in the bed in the, in, in the family room, and, and he was like, Troy, you got, you got to go back, take care of Kettlebrook. Like, you got to go. And he knows many of you. He's like, do your thing. You don't have to be here. And I said, Dad, I, I, you're right. I don't have to be here. I get to be here. And they probably want me to be here with you. And, and you're like, Troy, what are you saying? Are you undermining what Jesus is saying? So I'm, no, I want to flip things upside down for you and, and ask you this question. If you're a parent, do you want to become an anchor to your child? Jen, you do want? Okay. Thank you for your honesty. Anna, how do you feel about that? Sorry. So we don't want to be an anchor to our children, right? We, we don't. I want to give you an example of this. I want you to imagine that you have a child, and that child really likes acting, just whatever. They love acting, they love plays. And one day on the doorbell, the doorbell rings, ding dong, and this guy shows up at your front door, okay? And he says, hey, I've recognized that your child likes to act, and what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite the child and your whole family to come with me. We've got resources, we've got it all figured out. You come with me, I'm going to spend the next three years pouring into your child, so getting them in the right connections, teaching them everything that I know. What would you do? You'd be like, are you kidding me? No, here's what you'd say. You'd say, well, geez, I don't know. Little Johnny got to play. Uh, he's in the Spotlight Productions here, and we got to go to the Dells next week. I mean, we're gonna, I don't know if we'll have enough time. That's not what you would do. Okay? Okay, you're like, Troy, my kid doesn't like acting. Try this next slide. Let's say Aaron Judge shows up, LeBron James shows up, Simone Biles, I don't know, whatever your kids are into. Fill in the blanks. They show up and say the same thing. Hey, we're going to take your kid, and we're going to take you and the family. We're going to go do this, pour ourselves into you so you can become the greatest at these things, just like we are. And, 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 and you would say, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, someday I'm going to die, and I'm going to need little Susie to stay here so that she can take care of me when I die. Are you going to do that? I hope some of you are not confused about this. This is not LeBron James showing up to your door. This is the creator of all the universe showing up and inviting you and your children. The same one who spoke and with one word can take waves and wind and just make them calm. Who can speak and people who are dead rise to life. He is calling and inviting you and me and our children to follow him. You don't delay. You don't, you don't debate about it. You don't ideate about it. You are decisive and you're determined. And you're not distracted. This is, a, this is the second guy. Third guy comes, in case we were like trying to explain stuff away, the second guy, Jesus, he says, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I can't explain that away. I can't soften that for you. I, I just can't. 
He's not messing around. He's resolutely set towards Jerusalem with his face towards a cross, towards a sacrifice, not turning to the left, not turning to the right. Jesus had put his hand to the plow himself, and he wasn't calling anyone who would follow him to do anything less than he himself was doing. Now, I think that sometimes you read this passage, maybe you read it, and you interpret it as like, well, Jesus sounds kind of sad and lonely. He sounds kind of like Eeyore. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Let the dead bury their own dead. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Right? Like, some of you are like, Jesus, you're really sounding down. You need to cheer up a little bit. That's not, uh, that's not how I think this should be read or interpreted or understood. One of my favorite authors, G. Campbell Morgan, he says that if we interpret it as Jesus is sad or lonely, it's just not the right interpretation. He says, Jesus instead is exultantly declaring to the man what his own position was. He was revealing the fact that he was detached from everything that would prevent progress and so showing to him that traveling with him meant the taking up of a similar attitude. Jesus had decided, he was determined, he had resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem, and his, his responses here are inspiring. They're meant to be inspiring for us, calling us to the same, to decisiveness, to determination, and not to be distracted. And so what I'd like to do is I want to close, I want to close by actually um, having you hear this with, I think, the right kind of like motif. So we're going to play a little background music, Okay. I just want to hear, I want to hear this how I think like Jesus actually meant this. Okay, so whenever you're ready, here we go. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Are you distracted by competition and comparison? If so, Jesus is, is saying, don't measure yourself based on other people. If you make yourself the least, I will make you great. I'll seat you in the heavenly realms. Jesus is saying, are you distracted by those people and their issues? Are your, is your anger distracting you from my kingdom and my will being done here on earth as it is in heaven? Don't focus on them. Fix your eyes on me. Are you distracted by relationships, earthly responsibilities, material things? He's saying, no, no, I'm calling you to decisively and determinedly accept an invitation that I have to a kingdom that will never perish, spoil, or fade. This is what he's calling us to. He was on mission then, he's on mission now, and he calls us to do so decisively with him, determinedly with him. Will we accept his invitation?
Or will we get caught up with other distractions? Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. He is not holding back in this passage. Over and over again, he, is, he has set his face resolutely towards Jerusalem. And he calls us to join him in the mission. He calls us to see beyond all these distractions and to focus on him. Father, I pray that you would inspire us by your spirit, by these challenging words of Jesus, that we would take seriously the invitation he has. That we'd not be distracted. I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. There is a slide here. It's uh, a turn and talk. We'd love for you to, to turn and talk for a couple minutes with someone near you. If you see someone sitting alone, we're family, so we don't do that. We want to bring people in and, and have this conversation uh, together. Just a couple questions, and then we'll respond in song.